Hey, hey, friends. Happy Thursday to you. I hope that you had a beautiful 4th of July with your family celebrating incredible freedom in the United States of America. We are so grateful for it. And today's episode is going to be another really fun one. On Monday, we talked about a really feisty topic discussing how you can't afford to not have money. Like you really just can't. So if you're looking for a really feisty episode, Mondays is it for you. Uh, but today is is right along those paths. I really want to light the fire inside of you this week because we are in the beginning of Q3. Okay. That means that we are in quarter three out of total four quarters of the year. The year is more than halfway complete. And if you're not on track to hit your goals, it is time to reset, reassess, recharge, and hit the ground running. Okay. Restart. Uh, So I want to equip you as best as I can to help you attack the second half of the year in a more effective way than perhaps you attacked the first part of the year, okay? So today's episode, we're going to be talking about rising above average, okay? This is this is another episode. I'm, I'm feeling feisty lately, okay? Uh, this is an episode that is, is going to be feisty as well. And we're going to discuss 10 areas of your life that you need to address if you want to dominate your quarter three and quarter four, for that matter, business goals as an online coach. Now, this is a Bible study breakdown episode, so you're going to need to grab your Bibles, open up to the book of Titus, because we're going to be pulling principles from that scripture. So like I said, go ahead and grab your Bibles, grab a notepad, a pen, and let's dive in. Hey coach, welcome to the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. Are you ready to get more consistent, high ticket clients in your online coaching business without having to go through exhausting flopped launches? Are you constantly searching for podcast episodes, looking for that key to unlocking $10,000 months in your business? Do you have big dreams of becoming debt-free, going on more family vacations, and staying home with your kids? But right now, your business isn't even breaking $2,000 a month? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, before I was known for being a high-ticket sales expert for online coaches, and before I founded my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, which offers some of the best marketing and sales strategy in the coaching industry, I was just your average online coach struggling to get by. I didn't know how to get clients, make consistent money online, or get out of the painful cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and drowning in debt. And to make matters worse, my husband and I were struggling through years of infertility and needed tens of thousands of dollars to grow our family. Oh, and on top of that, student loans and credit card debt. Needless to say, financially, we were a sinking ship. My business needed to make money. My family depended on it. That's when I discovered the art of how to close high ticket sales. And the best part, you don't need thousands of Instagram followers or ever have to struggle through another duct taped Instagram launch ever again. In this podcast, you'll find practical sales strategies to use in your own coaching business, biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, and a healthy dose of tough love. Because one thing you need to know about me, I don't sugarcoat it. My ultimate goal is to turn you into an absolute powerhouse at selling your high ticket coaching online. So you can be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your clients, and create life-changing impact for the kingdom of heaven. So grab your Bible, your laptop, and let's get to work. Because you were made for this. 
So like I said in the intro, today we're going to talk about rising above being average. The word average is a very, to me, unattractive word, okay? There's nothing about the word average that I like. If you look at the country, okay, in this state, in this sense, the United States, and you think about the average American, there are some things that may come up for you, okay? And also, please know that I'm not saying that this is every single person, but these are trends that we see in the United States, okay? So an average trend of somebody in the United States may be that they're overweight. It may be that they're in an extreme amount of debt, whether that's credit card, whether that's house debt, whether that's um, living paycheck to paycheck, whether that's paying off student loans, car debt, uh, just in general living above their means, um, Another trend that we have is following the mass, following the masses, like like whatever the majority is doing, following that, uh, which to some degree makes sense, right? Like to our natural biology, like we want to um, do something that is perceived as safe in our brains. And if other people are doing it, your brain is probably more likely to think, oh, that that must be safe. Look, everybody else is doing it. But what we see in history many times over is that people in mass numbers oftentimes make the wrong decisions. So um, there just really is nothing about being average that is attractive to me in any sense of the word. I have zero desire to ever be average. I don't want to have an average marriage. I don't want to have an average checking account. I don't want to have an average um, health. Goodness, I do not want to have average health, especially like when you look at like American health. Like we are one of the most prosperous countries of the world. And yet from a health perspective, like, like we can do so much better. There's just nothing about me that, that I think, oh yeah, I just want to be average. Okay. And I want to fire you up about that because I want you to get angry about it. Like I want you to get feisty. I want you to like be fed up with average. I, because in order to be above average, in order to be extraordinary and thus build extraordinary marriages, families, businesses, make mighty moves for the kingdom, you're going to have to let average die. And in order to let average die, you got to be mad about average. Okay. I want it to infuriate you when someone comes up to you and is like, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. You should just do it too. Or if in any sense of the word, somebody tries to um, insinuate to you that you should just go along with what everybody else is doing. Because here's the thing. When I look at the average American from a health, financial, faith, uh, marriage perspective, I don't see something that I want to aspire to be. Therefore, why would I go along with average? So if I seem different to you, if I seem like, man, that Cami girl, she's really intense. Or man... I'm one of her students and and she has extremely high expectations or man, she just pushes way too hard. If I seem too anything to you, I'm certainly not saying that I'm perfect because I, the Lord knows I am not. But if I seem too anything to you, um, I, I am pleased by that. Okay. I'm actually joyful at the fact that, that perhaps you or somebody else may look at me and think that, man, she is too blank, too dedicated, too driven, too focused on her business to whatever. Okay. Because I don't want to be like everybody else. It's just, it's average is not attractive. And so I want to inspire that, that motion in you to be fed up with average, to be angry at average because you were called to live differently. Okay. You were called to live a life 
of abundance. You are called to live life differently than the world. And so if we're going along the same patterns with everybody else in the world, we can be sure that we're doing it wrong, okay? Because that's not what Jesus called us to do. Um, We're supposed to live to bring glory to him. And that means going the opposite direction as the kingdom. So with that being said, Let's go to the scripture first. I'm going to give you the scripture first. I know that sometimes I do this in different orders in different episodes for different reasons. Sometimes I give you the scripture first. Sometimes I give it to you later. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you in the beginning so that you have context as to what specific principles of the book of Titus are we pulling. So just so that you know, the book of Titus is a letter written to a man named Titus, and it was addressing issues in the island of Crete. And the island of Crete, uh, there was just really some unhealthy behavior going on in the quote unquote Christian community of Crete. They were they were calling themselves Christians, but really they were just were living like the rest of the world. Therefore they were blending in. They were perhaps by some standard average. Okay. They were falling into these really sinful, lustful, fleshing, like fleshful, if that's even a word, patterns. And so it was like, man, you're a Christian and yet you're acting that way, which not to say that anybody's supposed to be perfect, but like we're just supposed to be different. Okay. So that's the inspiration for this episode. Let's go ahead and start reading at chapter three. I'm going to read to you verses one through 11. It says this, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone. Ladies, we should not be gossiping. Okay. Okay. Uh, We should not be slandering. We should not be gossiping um, and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too, once, sorry, little bit of words. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. Okay. So in this letter, there's acknowledgement that like, hey, we're not perfect either. We too were acting foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Have you ever thought about that? That you can actually be chained to what gives you pleasure. That, you know, the just because you have the ability to do something doesn't necessarily mean that that's beneficial to you. And that's actually biblical scripture. Um, okay, so we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about disobedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. So really what's happening in this letter, and it's a very short book, the book of Titus in the Bible. You could read it probably in like less than 15 minutes. But Really what's happening in this letter is people are being called to live differently than the world, okay? To not 
bow down to their flesh, to not bow down to the lust and and the pleasures of this world, but rather live disciplined lives that give glory to the Lord, be kind to others, and not create um, nasty division in people. So that's really the inspiration for this episode that, hey, if we as Christian business owners, as online coaches, are going to crush our Q3 business goals, how are we to live differently? Because it is more than just writing down a goal and hoping that you hit that goal. I mean, really to transform your life, to transform your business, you're going to have to, yes, look at your business, but you're also going to have to look at lots of other areas of your life. Why? Because the way that you do one thing tends to be the way that you do everything. If you're being sloppy in your marriage, you're probably being sloppy in your business. If you're being sloppy in the way that you eat, you're probably being sloppy with your schedule, okay? And I know that this can sound harsh. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be frank with you because someone needs to be. And and I'm I'm just a tough love coach. I personally love tough love myself. Like if I hire a mentor, I really want them to be just straight up with me. Like don't waste my time with fluff. I don't have time for that. Time is one of the only resources, spendable resources that we never get back. So don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear because I only get a certain amount of time on this planet before I go home to the kingdom of God and I'm going to face God and have to tell him what I did on this earth with my time. And I refuse to tell him, yeah, Lord, I just, you know, I, I just you know, I really wanted to do things differently, but, and then just give him all these excuses, okay? That, that I refuse to be anything other than extraordinary, okay? Not perfect, but I will not be average, okay? I do not want to fall into conformity of this world. So with that being said, like I like I mentioned, uh, we're in the beginning of quarter three. People are making goals again for the second half of the year, and I hope that you're making business goals, okay? I hope that you're not just waltzing into quarter three like willy-nilly without a plan, okay? So I hope that you're making goals. And if you need support in creating goals, go listen to episode 153 where we talked about um, goal setting for Q3. But as you're making goals for your business, okay, and you're addressing the area of your life of business, you need to recognize that, like I mentioned earlier, you have to look at other areas of your life as well, because the way that you do one thing tends to be the way that you do everything. So if you want to increase your productivity and your success in your business, you need to be like zooming out and looking at other areas of life that you can up level as well. So I... um. I'm going to share with you 10 different areas of your life that you need to address. If you really want to dominate your quarter three business goals, if you really want to live not conformed to the world, and if you really want to be anything but average, let's go. Number one, you need to get your faith in check. This is unapologetically a Christian-based podcast. I am unapologetically a believer, a believer, a believer, um, And I proclaim the name of Jesus. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, but that's what we that's what we talk about here. Now, it's certainly not a requirement of mine because people have asked me before, man, Kimmy, like in order to be like a student in powerhouse, do I have to be a Christian? No, you don't have to be a Christian. Okay, you're welcome in this container, but you had better know that I'm not going to water down my faith for any reason. Okay, so we're going to say the name of Jesus in this program, um, on this podcast, always and forever. With that being said, you need to get your faith in check. 
If you are somebody who feels spiritually dead, okay, and you're trying to crush it in your business, I'm not saying that you won't crush it in your business, but it will be unfulfilled, okay? You could have, like, have you ever heard stories of people who have just all of the money, all of the success in the world and no joy? And I know that for a person that maybe hasn't experienced that yet, like I have, I have not made a million dollars yet. Uh, I will soon, uh, someday, <laughs> very soon, probably within the next couple of years, but I haven't made a million dollars yet. Um, however, I-, I can see how from a perspective of somebody who hasn't maybe yet had the success and the fortune and the fame that other people have, we can probably think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know, like fame, fortune, success doesn't bring happiness, but it's hard to like really encompass that. I would imagine until you are somebody that really does have millions in the bank and yet is absolutely depressed. Okay. So we need to get our faith in check because our peace, our love, our purpose is not going to come from your clients. It's not going to come from the transformations you deliver. I'm not saying that those things can't bring you joy, can't bring you happiness, but they're not going to sustain you. Okay. We are meant to live by, live and eat by the Lord alone. Okay. The Lord is meant to fulfill us. God specifically created a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fill. So we need to get our faith in check and that needs to be our first priority. That's number one. Number two, we need to get our priorities straight just in general. Okay. If you don't have goals coming into quarter three, I challenge you immediately after this episode to get out a notepad and a pen and start writing down down your goals and, and don't make them broad. Like I want to make more money. Like, like how much money more? How much money more? Sometimes I talk so fast because my brain is just going, going, going that my words come out jumbled. How much more money do you want to make? How many clients do you want to serve? How many transformations do you want to deliver? Get specific, okay? And you need to be reviewing your goals daily. There is, ever since I learned about neuroscience from my um, neuroscience mentor, Betsy Crony, who is also the mindset mentor inside of my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, she has shown me how to rewire my brain. And since then, at night and in the morning, I will listen to audio recordings that I've created, specifically reflecting what I want my life to look like for the purpose of rewiring my neurological pathways. Now, why am I listening to them at at the end of the night and at the beginning of the morning? Because that is the point in time in which my subconscious brain The part of my brain that runs 90% of my day and your day is the most open to receiving new information, okay? So you need to be writing your goals down. You need to be creating audio recordings. You need to learn how to rewire your brain. If you want to learn how to do that, come join Powerhouse. Go listen to Betsy's podcast. I'll link it down in the show notes. Go become a client of hers. You need to learn how to rewire your brain, okay? We'll talk about that here a little bit more in in a bit. But you need to get your priorities straight. You need to know what goals you're actually working towards. Otherwise, what are you doing? Like, why are we here? Like as as humans, we have to know, we need to have purpose and and our purpose comes to the Lord and the Lord gives us work to do. Okay. So what are you working towards? That's number two. Number three is you need to tend to your relationships like a garden. I often talk to my husband about, I, I use this term, who are your lifers? Okay. Who in your life do, who, who are people that you encounter that you want to be around and to have a relationship with for the rest of your life. I have multiple times looked at my circle of like family or friends and thought to myself, man, 
like there are some really rich relationships here and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about just like some deep connection here, but there's not a lot of people in this circle. Now, this is just me. This doesn't have to be you, but like I don't have a lot of people in my circle and I do that intentionally. That That's just me. I want to surround myself with the people who I call our lifers, people who are going to be there for the rest of my life. If you're, if you are, the reality is that most friendships are temporary. Okay. They're for a season of life. Now that's not all friendships. It's not all relationships. Some relationships and friendships are quote unquote lifers. Okay. They're for life. And so I encourage you to figure out who are your lifers and make sure that you're pouring into them so that you don't get to a season of your life where you're like, man, I really wish I would have stayed up with so-and-so or, uh, you know, stayed connected to that person. And then you find that that relationship has been suffering because you didn't water it. You did not tend to it like a garden. So some, some lifers that I hope are on your list, your spouse, okay, number one human on the planet that you need to be tending to that relationship, um, your children, and, and by the way, I hope that your children are not not above your spouse. I, that is a very common thing that I see a lot of parents making a mistake of is putting their children above their spouse. That is one of the worst things that you could do for your kids. Okay, just right there. I won't go into that anymore, but one of the worst things you could do for your kids is put them above your, your spouse. Um, so it better be your spouse, your kids, um, and you know everybody has a different family dynamic. I personally am very close with my parents. Lucas's parents, Lucas's brother, my siblings, like, and I have a, a couple friends that I, that I really like to stay close with, but like my circle's pretty small. So you need to identify your lifers and make sure that you're tending to those relationships like a garden. Make sure you're watering them. Make sure, make sure you're pulling the weeds. So if there's an issue between you and another person, make sure that you are nipping that thing in the bud right away, not letting it grow and overtake the garden or overtake the relationship. Um, number four, get your mind right. Okay. Isn't it interesting? Uh, we, we are a society that talks a whole heck of a lot about mindset, but we don't really talk much about brain. Okay. And isn't it interesting because the mindset, where does your mind come from? Well, your mind is your, uh, is your brain. Like your brain creates your mind. And so if you want to get your mind right, you have to get your brain right. Okay. A plus B equals C. So I would really encourage you to do some digging into brain health. How can you support your brain from a nutritional standpoint? How can you support your brain from an exercise standpoint? And one of the, my favorite resources for that is a man named Dr. Daniel Amen. You can find him on Instagram. And he essentially teaches people how to be warriors for their brain. Your brain is the organ that is going to determine the decisions that you make, which are going to determine the outcome of your life. And so wouldn't it make sense that we would address our brain, okay? So address your mind and you address your mind by addressing your brain. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. God is acknowledging that if you want to change your life, you have to change your mind. How do you change your mind? You change your brain. There is a book that Dr. Daniel Amen wrote, and it's actually called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Okay. If you want to change your life, you need to change your brain. Um, the verse goes on to say, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You need to get your mind right because, because many people are self-sabotaging. They have worth issues. They have value issues. And, and many times they don't even recognize it. And their subconscious brain 
is all tangled up and sabotaging themselves. And guess what? Your subconscious brain is running 90% of your day, which means that it's running 90% of your life, 90% of your business. Uh, And a very fascinating question to write down and to sit with is, what is in my subconscious brain that is creating the life that I see around me? In what areas are you self-sabotaging? I didn't realize that I was self-sabotaging until I started working with a neuroscience mentor who showed me, hey, Cammie, this, that, and the other, those are forms of self-sabotage. Let's let's fix those. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's an easy process to walk through, but you would better believe it's a fruitful process to walk through. And not all, don't do it. Uh, if you won't do it, I mean, do it for yourself. Absolutely do yours for yourself. But here's the thing. When people have worth issues and value issues, oftentimes they're not willing to invest in themselves. So if you're not willing to invest in yourself, which by the way, you alone are worth it, um, then do it for your family. Because if you aren't addressing your mindset and your brain, you had better believe that that is rubbing off on your family. And if you're a parent, you had better believe that that's running off, rubbing off on your kids. There's a phrase that I say that whatever you do not address in yourself, you will pass it on to your kids one way or another. You had, you had better believe that. So if you won't do it for yourself, then at least do it for your family, okay? You alone are worth it. But when you are looking in the mirror and you have worth and value issues, sometimes it's hard to do it for yourself. So do it for the people around you then. Uh, number five, uh, get your body right. Now, I'm going to say something that, you know, some people may uh, not agree with. That's okay. That's totally fine. Um, but you need to cut the the icky out of your diet, okay? I'm not saying that you need to have a perfect diet, but 90% of the time, it, had, it better be super nutritious. Um, and I'm saying that as a person who has an eating disorder background, I, I don't currently struggle with an eating disorder anymore. The Lord delivered me from that, but I have a degree in nutrition and dietetics and, and I spent, th- um, three weeks, uh, 19 days hospitalized with a heart condition because my, my anorexia was so bad. My heart got down to beating at 27 beats per minute, which if you know anything about the heart, that is, um, horrible. That's not even, that's, that's barely alive at that point. Um, and then I spent three weeks learning how to re-eat in an eating disorder facility. And I'm telling you right now that you need to fuel your body. Okay. And the lie that the food companies are telling, like selling to you that like, Hey, it's totally cool. It's totally cool to eat all these packaged foods that have all of these artificial ingredients in them and to eat food that's sprayed with pesticides and it's fine and, and don't worry and 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 just, you know, just be happy and like, you know, just I'm here for food freedom, but part of freedom is having freedom of health, which you can't have freedom of health if you're not fueling your body with the right nutrients, okay? And by the way, those things cost money. When Lucas and I were broke, you had better believe that we were eating just nasty. We were eating nasty food because we were trying to spread our dollar as far as it could go. One of the biggest blessings of learning how to make money in my business was that we were able to bring healthful, non-toxic, meaning not soaked in pesticides and chemicals, we were able to bring non-toxic food into our home and nourish our bodies well. Okay. So get your body right. Cut the icky stuff out. Okay. I'm not saying that you need to do that perfectly, that you can't ever have a cupcake again. That's not what I'm saying. But, but like 90% of the time, 
be eating clean. And I know that people hate that term clean, okay? But I'm telling you that the way the society tells you to eat, tells a person to eat, tells America to eat, I mean, just look at our our health records as Americans. Like we're we are a sick nation, like an ill. We are ill people, okay? Um, we need to get our bodies right. We need to exercise. We need to move. We need to hydrate. If your body is not functioning at its highest potential, you would better believe that your business is not functioning at its highest potential because you are running the business. Same thing with your mind. If your mind is 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 just in a mess then your business is probably in a mess. Your business cannot be running at its full optimal potential if you are not running at your full optimal potential. Besides that, your your family deserves you at your best self. Number six, start studying again. Whatever kind of coach you are, be continually mastering your craft. Be continually educating yourself. Be continually reading books from other experts in your field. Be continuing the process of honing your craft. Just yesterday, I spent just probably a little under $200 to buy a couple of resources from a person that is an incredible sales instructor in I just, just in, in, I mean, not, not necessarily the coaching space, but just as an incredible instructor in sales period. And I spent like a little under 200 bucks yesterday to learn more and more and more about sales so that I can not only, um, start using them myself, but I can start honing my craft for my clients as well. Number seven, assess your circle. This goes back up to number three, where you need to tend to your relationships like a garden. Um, my church has a saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If I were to look at your, your group of friends right now, what would, what would we see? If you assess the people that you're hanging out with, that you're spending most of your time with, what are they like? Are they sharpening you? Are they making good decisions? I'm not saying that they have to be perfect humans. Nobody is. But are they sharpening you? Are they turning you and molding you into the better version of yourself? Because you'd better believe that they're molding you. I mean, we become who we hang around. There is also, I don't know if it's like a study, but um, Dave Ramsey talks about how um, a person's income is about the average of the five people that they hang out with the most. So tell me, if you're a business owner who is wanting to get more clients and make more money and you're hanging around with people who are having maxed out credit cards, they're spending money on stuff that, that they shouldn't be, they're living paycheck to paycheck, they're drowning in debt, um, how is that going to be successful for you? And again, I'm not saying that you have to have rich friends. No, I'm not saying that either. But, but choose your friends wisely, okay? At the end of the day, you need to have your lifers, Who are the people that are going to be there at the end, the beginning, the middle of your life that are going to continually sharpen you and not pull you down? So you need to assess your circle. Number eight, optimize your productivity. Where are you wasting time? You have 24 hours in a day. And one of the things that I think most people have scarcity around is time. I don't have enough time. Oh, oh, I, I, you know, I'm just... I'm, I'm keeping the house clean. I, you know, I'm running the kids around. I'm trying to run the business. I just don't have enough time. There's not enough hours in the day. Baloney. 
baloney, there's not enough hours in the day. If I were to look at your phone right now and go to the productivity section and see how many hours you're spending on your phone a day, even as an online coach, you do not need to be on Instagram for several hours a day. You don't. And if you are, then you need to be optimizing your productivity. Okay. How many hours have you logged on Netflix in the first five days of July? Probably too many. Okay. Where are you wasting time? Where are the gaps that that can be filled with? I'm not saying that you need to plug your day full of productivity, but, but look where, if you're somebody that feels like you don't have enough time, then look where you're wasting it. See, see how you can accomplish more in less time. Get a routine going if you don't already have one, okay? If you already have a routine, audit that routine so that you know how you can make it better. That is number eight. Number nine, this one is gonna ruffle feathers. Friends, you gotta take ownership and responsibility of your life. You need to have a no excuses policy for yourself, okay? Um, when we give excuses, essentially what we're saying is hi, I have no control over XYZ situation. Therefore, I'm a victim of XYZ situation. Let's take, for example, um, I read this in a book called The 10X, um, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. He said that um, in an example, that there, if there was a storm that took out his family's power, okay, and they had a power outage at the house, um, that it would be somebody's probably default to say, well, I didn't have any control over that. No, you didn't have control over the storm, but you know what you did have control over of? Having a generator. So that the second the power went out, your generator kicked on. So when somebody says, well, I don't have control over baloney, then find what you do have control over. Because as for as long as you are not taking ownership and responsibility of your life, then you are saying to yourself and to your subconscious mind, by the way, that you're a victim. A victim mentality is not going to get you anywhere, let alone to a successful online coaching business. Take ownership. And it's going to be hard to take ownership, okay? Because you're, it's going to force you to look at yourself in the mirror and, and, and own up to your mistakes, which we all have them, by the way. You don't need to feel shame around it, but you do need to own it, okay? So own your life. Take responsibility. Have accountability for yourself. The best way to build confidence is to complete the things you actually tell yourself you're going to complete. That's how confidence is built, by the way. Betsy Crony taught me that. That confidence is built is by, by doing what you say you're going to do. You've been telling yourself that you're going to start this business for six months, and you haven't. And so, of course, your confidence is shot. Confidence comes from doing what you say you're going to do. Courage is taking that first step into unknown territory. That's not confidence. It's not, I had the confidence to start a business. No, you had the courage to start the business. You have confidence because you followed through with what you said you were gonna do day after day after day. Many of you are lying to yourselves. You're lying to yourself the first moment you you even are conscious in the morning because you snoozed your alarm. I'm gonna raise my hand right now, that was me. This morning, I lied to myself. I snoozed my alarm, told myself I was gonna get up at six, didn't didn't get up at six. Okay. I'm not here trying to preach at you saying that I'm perfect. I'm not. I'm right along with you needing to be molded and sharpened to become a better wife, a better future mother, and a better business owner, a better kingdom daughter, a better person. Okay. So we need to take ownership and responsibility of our life. Uh, number 10, serve your spouse. Okay. And if you're not married, then find somebody to serve. Find a new way to serve your spouse this quarter 
What is something new that you can surprise your spouse with? Does your spouse get up early in the morning? Could you get up early and have coffee ready for them before they walk out the door? Could you make their lunch and put it in the fridge the night before so that all they have to do is just grab it and go, go in the morning? Could you offer to give your husband a foot rub at the end of the day? And you may be thinking, well, I'm the one that just took care of the kids all day. He should be giving me a foot rub. Are we looking for what others can do for us or are we taking on the heart of Jesus and looking to serve others? Okay, so so look for a new way that you can serve your spouse in this season and surprise them with that. Okay, surprise them with that. So those are the 10 ways. Get your faith in check. Get your priorities straight. Tend to your relationships like a garden. Find your lifers and water those relationships. Get your mind right, aka your brain. Get your body right. Start studying to hone your craft even more. Assess your inner circle. Optimize your productivity. Take ownership and responsibility of your life. Serve your spouse. And here's a bonus one, okay? Make an investment in what you say is important to you. And if you are here on this podcast, then you're acknowledging to yourself, I'd say 99% of you, if you're here listening to this podcast, you would say that your business is important to you. Show me. Show me your business is important to you by making an investment. Now, you can make a financial investment. You can make a time investment. Just make an investment of something, okay? You can invest your attention. Invest something. Show your brain that you're serious about your business, okay? And I have a resource for you that you can invest in. And you're actually not investing dollars at this point. You're just investing your time and your attention, moms, women, ladies, those of us who love to be multitaskers, okay? Invest your attention. Um, I have a free training for you where I will teach you the four secrets to getting more clients and turning your coaching business into a money-making machine, okay? That training is, like I said, completely free. It's down in the show notes. You can get access to it right now. Start watching the training immediately. And there's actually a bonus at the end where I'll give you five ways that you can get calls booked this week with your ideal client, okay? Show your brain that you're serious about your business by making an investment. Again, that could be time, that could be financial, that could be attention, whatever. But show yourself, show your brain that you're serious by making an investment. All right, friends, I love you. Go get that free training down in the show notes and I'll see you on Monday. Hey coach, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll see you in the next episode.